Welcome to the show, you guys. It's the Heart of a Fighter show. I'm your coach, Coach Johan. We talk fitness. We talk motivation. We tell stories back and forth to get you hyped up about being in the gym. Guys, a lot of us had to stop doing something in order to get a little bit better. We had to shed the skin of failure, shed the skin of bad habits in order to get to be the person we want to be. Let's talk about it today on the show. Before we get into it, guys, don't forget, Coach Johan Motivation on YouTube, Johan Underdog Trains on Instagram. Follow me, I'll follow you back. And send me an email, send me emails with fitness questions. Let's do it. Um, this year, the beginning of 2019, I was kind of taken aback by the amount of people I knew that wanted to lose and quit things. It gave me a little bit of energy. It energized me because I can appreciate a good quitter. I like you. You guys that decide to give up something. And in the spirit of Lent, out in the, uh, you know, in, 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 I guess across the world in the Catholic tradition, giving up to get better, to discipline your mind and body is oftentimes not only the most challenging thing you can do with yourself physically, but often is the most beneficial. Putting your body and your mind through the crucible of change is what it's all about, and I love it. This year is especially about quitters. Quitters, you guys are winners this year with me. Quitters are winners. Quitters prosper. I've had people who started out the year strong. I had trainees wanting to quit smoking cigarettes. I had trainees want to stop smoking weed and drinking, more importantly. Stop doing pill, pain pills. Stop Bitching about the job that they hate and change something. I've had trainees that wanted to stop complaining about the job they have and accept the role that they were in. I've had others still that wanted to change and stop eating sugar, for example. You got no support from me on that one. But I appreciate the sentiment. Quitters. All of you. Who want to stop. And to that I gotta say. Keep going. It is the beginning of March. It's right around the time. That those impulses. They start to rear their ugly head. And we start to wrestle a little bit. So I'm going to be. In the trenches with you guys. You quitters. And help you organize your thoughts a little bit today. So that we can get through the pangs of change. So that we can make sure that change moves forward. Because that's where it should be moving. That's the reason you decided to quit in the first place. All you quitters, I'm going to make sure today that you win. That's because the process is kind of tough, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of tough, right? You have to decide what it is you're going to build up. You got to decide how you're going to do it. You have to make preparations. You got to call the homies. You got to call the homegirls. You got to be like, yo, help me. Help me. When I tell you that I want a pack of cigarettes, tell me to shut up. Tell me to get it myself. Right? 
put them in the freezer so that I gotta go, you know, get frostbite so that I can grab another cigarette. Hide all of the chocolate in the house. We have to go to extra lengths to make sure that that thing that's giving us the heartache, the pain, the bad habit, we have to get it the fuck out of our sight. Out of sight, out of mind, isn't it? We have to recruit some folks. Sometimes. Sometimes it's kind of a losing effort, isn't it? To recruit others because at the end of the day, the impetus for wanting to quit has everything to do with the way we see ourselves in the mirror. First things first. How do you see yourself right now? Today? Later on? This week? When you decided to give up what it is you gave up? Right? I mean, physically, how do you look? You look healthy, right? Your hands got some color up in them, right? Your hair looks, you know, it's got some sheen to it. You look healthy, then how do you feel? That's way more important. You feel healthy, right? If you quit whatever it was at the beginning of the year, by now, hopefully you're feeling and sure looking a, li- a little bit or a lot bit healthier. It means you're on the right track. Keep going. But if you didn't at the beginning of the year, think about why that was. What was the final straw that brought you into the modus operandi for quitting? What was it? Was it something somebody else said? Was it just you got sick of the same bullshit excuse you were feeding yourself? Did you have to, you know, perform at a high level for a job interview, a series of interviews? Maybe you had an obstacle course race. And you decided, hey, I'm just going to change for the better for the rest of my days. What was it? Well, I don't want you to kind of dredge it up too much, but I want you to earmark it. Keep the reason nearby. Remember it. Breathe it in. Because that, it still exists. The problem with change is that we forget that that initial impetus Is there. Right? We start forgetting the whole reason we decided to embark and change. And that becomes, you know, really hard to remember at the time. Why? Why? Why did you take a look in the mirror and seem a little bit unhealthy? You felt unhealthy. Right? All of a sudden you gained momentum. You said, fuck bread. Fuck gluten. I'm going to get rid of it. I'm going to get rid of it. And then you started to feel better. Ah, but then it started to dent your wallet a little bit. Well, in moments like that, you have to remember, guys. You have to remember. That no... This is cliche as all hell. I apologize. But any good type of change, it's going to sting a little bit. And... It's going to be a little bit of work. So, I want you to, first, keep that in your pocket. Right next to your pocket square, right? Right next to your, in that little secret weed pocket you got in your jeans. Right? Everybody's got one. Keep the impetus, the reason you decided to change right there. and Be able to pull that shit out. In fact, you might even want to start writing down the things that make you want to change. Right? 
Maybe it's your eyesight is going bad because you spend too much time working at the computer. That is an important reason to keep nearby because it's only going to degenerate more guys, whatever the hell it is. Make sure it's nearby so that you can access it on those days where it gets rough. Speaking of rough days, that's the whole thing about it. It's the rough days that get us, that trip us up. It's the rough days that make us feel like we're not going to stick to the game plan anymore. That we're better off being fucking losers. See, because losers don't win. Losers don't prosper. Quitters do. Right? It's those days where we trip up where we start to feel like we're never going to get back to where we were. And that shit is human. To err is human. To fuck up. Hey, that just means you're alive. And I know how it is. Right? I know how it is to get set back to be tripped up. And I'm sure you do too. Because it's natural. We just have to be in a space to say, keep going. Why is it so hard to keep going? Because somewhere inside we believe that the contraindication that we're trying to correct, the glitch in the matrix that is our outlook, that's really us. And some people, man, are so fucking hard-headed with it, right? It's not like I can talk to my trainees directly about this stuff because there's always a level of veneers that we all play with each other, right? We all have veneers about ourselves. It's our ego speaking when it shouldn't. And that ego is there to protect us. But it also prevents us from looking at the truth about ourselves, be they shortcomings or not. So... It's tough to have these conversations. Also, I'm not an official kind of counselor. I'm more of a shoulder to lean on. So when I have trainees that have a stubborn bent towards breaking a habit, maybe they don't want to smoke anymore, but they will not give it up for the life of them. And I, God knows I've been there. It's like you almost feel like you're betraying yourself. You almost feel like, yo, why am I trying everything in my power to change what I am? I am a fucking smoker. I am a fucking loser. I am an overeater. I am an addict, right? That narrative is easy. You've laid down with that narrative a countless of times. That narrative has been there for you when nobody else was. When nothing else, when your job wasn't satisfying enough, the narrative of you getting to the place where you're going to Tell your boss to go fuck him or herself, right? Fuck you, fuck you, you're cool. Fuck you, I'm out. That's from Half-Baked, by the way. (laughs) That narrative kept you warm at nights. On those days where it was hard to go into work. Or maybe it was hard to exercise, right? You give yourself that reward after you're done working out. It was easy. To abide by that narrative of, hey, I earned this. I earned everything I'm about to eat. I earned ice cream sandwiches at 11.30. I earned hiding the wrappers underneath the pillow and whatever. And so we kind of feel like we're betraying ourselves. Hey, you're not. Nah. The truth is, you probably haven't had the awareness or someone patting you on the back. In the same way you did when you were addicted. An example. 
in high school, you weren't a badass if you rejected everybody's want for you to drink a six-pack at the parties, right? Didn't nobody come up to you and go, man, I really admire your resilience to peer pressure. Like, nobody did that. That that didn't feel good. If someone did do it, you didn't want to fuck with them anyways, right? They weren't, unfortunately, your best friend. Well, for those of you that are addicted to something, that feel the need to give up, if you're a quitter, right? The opposite is fantastic. Indulging feels like a victory, and that becomes hardwired into who you feel you are. Here's the thing. That's just a momentary choice. And so who you are is kind of a a volume. It's a volume of stories. You're just looking at one chapter in one book. And replaying that shit over and over again. So get used to it. Get used to tripping up and bouncing right back. Because it's going to happen. As I was saying before guys. It's March. And that and that means that means a lot of relapses are going to happen. And because relapses happen, rebounding also happens. Right? Now, why the fuck do relapses happen? Well, let's talk about it. Aside from it being what I think is you just admiring this this debauched version of yourself, right? This lovable loser who can't stop, can't stop screwing up when the when the big moment comes. Instead of you being in love with that narrative, remember, change takes work. And so, when you are not doing work, you're not changing. And some of you might actually respond with, why the hell do you want to change? That's when you go to your secret weed pocket. I'm not going to answer that for you. But recognize this, and this might help you out, right? Being proactive is far better than being reactive. What I mean is, you've had a long-ass day, you're tired, The rays ain't coming. You barely got anything in your cupboards because you're too tired to go shopping. And you know like when you open the bottle of rum, you don't stop until half of it's gone. You lovable loser, you. You tragic. You mythical, mythical, tragic figure. You'll never get right, will you? It's easy. It's easy in that case to screw up. Yep, it's easy. And so doing the thing that's easiest, even though it feels like a burden or even a release of a burden is actually you shutting down. Stay woke. In fact, fuck staying woke. Stay active. Be proactive, right guys? Be proactive. Always stay engaged in the things that you're doing so that you can grow as a person. I've personally noticed, like, 
a couple of McTrainies have had varying successes so far. One's given up. Um, one's battling cigarettes. Another one has dabbled with quitting various foods. Another one quit drinking for the longest time that she's quit drinking yet to date, for example. Um, and it, it, it's interesting. I was, there's some folks, you guys are built to beat addiction's ass. Like you beat down addiction real good, don't you? you the minute you notice you've had one too many fucking wines this week, you just stop drinking fucking everything for a month. You're like half addicts. You're half assed addicts. You're half addicts. It's so enviable. Because in the scope of being addicted to things, being moderate about your addictions is such a plus. Because you, in that whole cycle, you teach yourself how to like cut back on the thing that you really want to indulge in. So you teach yourself to down-regulate and you let yourself ramp up. You're just winners or cyborgs. You're fantastic. You moderates. I had a... um. A girlfriend that was like that. And a couple girlfriends that were like that. <laughs> and it's it's so enviable. To me anyways. But most addicts aren't really like that. They downregulate. It takes them a, a fucking year to downregulate. And it takes them 16 seconds to, to, to jack themselves up. You know? That's the nature of addictions. You know? And then I got another trainee that's like all in, man. When she goes... In she does not stop, so it could be anything. I imagine if she got her hands on a Xbox One controller, she'd be playing Red Dead Redemption, you know, online for the next three months and shit. And for her, the battle is kind of finding that nice middle. That actually leads me to one final point that I will say, right, about the nature of change and why you quitters, you keep. You guys are the ones, right? Here's the deal. Here's the deal with you guys, right? The middle is actually where you're going to spend most of your time in your life. Yo, those highs, they feel great. But that's because the lows that you climb out of, they feel great too, isn't it? I wrote an article about this shit. Why diets don't work. Diets don't work because the amount of times you try to quit actually makes it harder for you to quit the next diet that you try. So like the first two diets that you do probably hella easy to get on, then you quit, right? The next time you get on a diet, it's real easy to uh to quit. And you might even sustain it a little longer. But what happens is every time you quit one of these fuckers, you're gaining a little bit of weight. So it's got this cumulative build up this tartar buildup to where your resistance to starting diets gets lessened and dulled, but also your resistance to sustaining one. Your efficacy goes way down, way down. And over time, because you tend to gain the weight back, right? Because you start dropping off real quick, you actually gain more weight. And so they never work. It's kind of like that. Right? The diet feels great because you're suffering for a week, for a month, 
right? 30 days, all whole 30 days you're doing this. Feels great. Those lows, they feel great, don't they? You're, you're fucking starving. You've had uh, a, a mixed spring mix green salad with pumpkin seeds and balsamic vinaigrette all over it for breakfast and lunch. And you're just dying to... I mean, that wouldn't be horrible, right? But after your workout, you're just... You're dying for a cheeseburger. <laughs> I just had someone today tell me like how much they're dying for a cheeseburger. Uh, and I'm thinking, go get a cheeseburger. <laughs> but in the throes of a diet, it becomes kind of a bleak prospect. You don't want to break down and give up all that hard work. So the doldrums of these diets often make you feel like the work is happening and the highs are going to be super high. Such as addiction. The point is this. The middle is where you're actually going to access all of your power and happiness. Waking up every day and doing the same thing over again. But challenging and beating whatever you're addicted to, whatever you decided to give up. That's where you're going to be. And so getting used to just being in that, not only the moment, but existing where a pattern of behaviors that you decide don't result in some grandiose celebration and don't result in some, you know, some bottomless chasm of, of, of temporary misery. Remember, temporary could be different. That's relative for all of you. But those deep pits... Those valleys and the peaks, they don't have to be so great. The truth is, in the middle is where we actually function the best. Our bodies love to get back to the middle, right? Our bodies love to balance themselves out, right? I, I, I think of it as the relationship between the universe and what the universe is doing. It's expanding. It's expanding. There's randomness and chaos at the end of it. But what we look at looks pretty orderly. We got stars, we got galaxies, we got planets, we got black holes, we got star clusters and voids, we have white dwarfs, we got all the fucking celestials. Looks pretty ordered to us, right? You ask a little nine year old to draw a picture of what a giant red dwarf would, would, would look like. She could do it. But the truth is, that's a result of all this chaotic entropy and explosions. And they happened millions of years ago. So inside of that chaos, there's order. And we have to remember that when we start creating kind of the tipping point of anguish. Because we're getting tired of quitting. What we're actually doing is kind of looking for that that balance. And if you just kind of orient yourself towards that balance, you're going to find it. And then you just kind of coast right there, right? Coast like a like a cruise ship that's stuck in the Bermuda Triangle because the captain's too drunk off of dark rum and quaaludes or something. Just coast. Because really, that's where we want to be. Alright you guys, let's do the article here It's about why a guy wants to die at 75 Why I hope to die at 75 
75. That's how long I want to live. 75 years. This preference drives my daughters crazy. IT drives my brothers crazy. My loving friends think I am crazy. They think that I can't mean what I say, that I haven't thought clearly about this, because there is so much in the world to see and do. To convince me of my errors, they enumerate the myriad people I know who are over 75 and doing quite well. They are certain that as I get closer to 75, I will push the desired age back to 80, then 85, maybe even 90, but here is a simple truth that many of us seem to resist, living too long is also a loss. It renders many of us, if not disabled, then faltering and declining, a state that may not be worse than death but is nonetheless deprived. It robs us of our creativity and ability to contribute to work, society, the world. It transforms how people experience us, relate to us, and, most important, remember us. We are no longer remembered as vibrant and engaged but as feeble, ineffectual, even pathetic. By the time I reach 75, I will have lived a complete life. I will have loved and been loved. My children will be grown and in the midst of their own rich lives. I will have seen my grandchildren born and beginning their lives. I will have pursued my life's projects and made whatever contributions, important or not, I am going to make. And hopefully, I will not have too many mental and physical limitations. Dying at 75 will not be a tragedy. Indeed, I plan to have my memorial service before I die. So I am not talking about bargaining with God to live to 75 because I have a terminal illness. Nor am I talking about waking up one morning 18 years from now and ending my life through euthanasia or suicide. This has become so pervasive that it now defines a cultural type, what I call the American immortal, I reject this aspiration. I think this manic desperation to endlessly extend life is misguided and potentially destructive. For many reasons, 75 is a pretty good age to aim to stop, let's begin with demography. We are growing old, and our older years are not of high quality. Since the mid-19th century, Americans have been living longer. The results show that as people age, there is a progressive erosion of physical functioning. More important, Crimmins found that between 1998 and 2006, the loss of functional mobility in the elderly increased. In 1998, about 28% of American men 80 and older had a functional limitation. By 2006, that figure was nearly 42%. Right, so I have a feeling this guy's going to change his mind. And that's because you have no idea what your life is going to be like. And that speaks to a demographics that I feel that this guy maybe, maybe has only been around his entire life. Other people like him that have never had to struggle or anything. Maybe haven't taken a bite off of the sweetest fruit he can find in the garden and realized this shit is so sweet. I want another bite. And that's all there is. It's one thing to do your life's work. And I understand that this is just an opinion. But I have a feeling old boy has never been into a situation where... Uh, when things are messed up in your life... And adversity has been there for a long time... Maybe for parts of your life... You kind of understand or realize that the fruits of life have little to do with your labors. They have everything to do with... Your ability to be there for other people, right? Service. Service. Our ability to perform service. The quality of a life we lead is much more important than how long we live it. Absolutely. And I agree there. But we also probably, the older we get, start to understand that our quality of life 
is also attached to other people who want us in their life too. And I think by cutting it short or saying like, I've had enough, maybe we're depriving everybody else of that, of that sweetness, right? Of, of, of a quality of life. And then that would diminish your quality of life. So I'm not sure he's thought of that when he kind of very egotistical kind of stance on that one. Didn't make sense. And I feel like if you just have been to the dark side, I guess, right? And you've come back from that, you appreciate that life can just be. But then again, I am not even in my fucking 40s yet. So maybe I'm wrong. Mm. All right, you guys. Remember, quitters prosper. Keep quitting. If you've had a hard time, feel free to reach out to me. Let me get that email. Let me get it. Let me get a follow. I'll follow you back. But reach out. I'll reach out back to you and do my best to answer all of your fitness questions. Thanks for listening again. This has been the Heart of a Fighter show. I've been your coach. It has been my pleasure. Until next time, you guys, stay up, stay active. Cool.